Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, DA. How are you? Good morning, my neighbor! Get off! Damon Amendola. Yes, how are you? Yeah, thanks for having me on, buddy. Great question. All aboard. Good dog. This is why you do what you do. Yo. Somebody stop me. I'm coming to you to be fat. Let me be fat. Look it. There's so many oh. sickos in this country. This is fat. A little more juice. What? I am broken. Good morning. Well, as I was saying, when I was listening to the radio, I heard something. And what did you hear? A hissing sound like this. Hey, T.A. Hey, D.A. Let me aboard that mothership. Permission to board that mothership, sir. Well, you know, I had to slide through the intergalactic swag party. D.A., man, beam me up. What's going on, my brother from another mother? Beam me up. You guys are the best. You guys make it. Permission to board that mothership. Mothership has connected. And you the man, D.A. America, the mothership has connected. Welcome aboard. It's the four-hour satellite soiree. DA with you from the CBS Sports Radio Studios in New York City, broadcasting to affiliates nationwide and north of the border. 
Anchorage to Atlanta, New Mexico to New Jersey, Kalamazoo and Waterloo, you're on the air. They listening, D.A., everything we saying, D.A., everything. How we doing, everybody? Thanks so much for joining us. Good show lined up for you this morning. The sounds of Saturday continue. The Texas Longhorns, the favorites in the Big 12, as they will exit stage left from the conference after the end of the season. Last year for the Longhorns in the Big 12 and big expectations, Quinn Ewers, your starting quarterback, Ark Manning, right behind him. We'll talk to their voice, Craig Way, joining us on the show coming up hour four. Also hour four, one of the great relievers in baseball history, Tom Flash Gordon, to talk some baseball with us. Also again, hour four. This hour in 20 minutes. Angel Hernandez, do we finally have him out of our lives here soon? And in 40 minutes, a Wednesday staple, a champ, and a chump. We begin in the NFL, where Anthony Richardson, rookie quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, will be the week one starter. Just one preseason game in. With some mixed results, and the Colts have decided Richardson has been elevated to the starting QB. QB1, as it were. Even he admitted he was shocked at the news. Is this the right move, or is Indianapolis rushing Richardson? It is where we begin. You're cold open. Well, he's got big-time playmaking ability, uh, and you know that's been you know showcased in you know training camp, uh, and then obviously he did some really good things in that preseason game. Um, so. You know, I think he brings that playmaking ability, you know, that we need. It was, it was just hearing the words, you know, because you work for it. You didn't, I didn't know when the timeline was, was going to be. You know, I was just looking forward to uh, week one and just being ready for the opportunity and getting thrown in the fire, hopefully. But, you know, he told me, and I'm just like, like wow, it, it really happened. So, you know, I'm thankful. You know, I'm blessed. And you know, I just got to keep working and just keep building on this opportunity. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. Well, what you heard there was the head coach and the quarterback, Shane Steichen, making the decision, and then Anthony Richardson responding to it. So here's the bit. This was predetermined. And in some ways, I feel bad for Shane Steichen. Now, look, you're a head coach of the NFL. You got a job, you're one of 32, and so you can't feel too bad for the guy. But I don't think this was his decision. I think this was, again, predetermined by the owner, Jim Ursay, that wanted to see this. They've had tons of turnover at the quarterback position for the last five, six, seven years. Ursay's sick of it. They drafted Anthony Richardson. Basically, come hell or high water, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And the owner says, I want to see him as the starting quarterback. What are you going to do? You're going to fight that as a first-time rookie head coach? It's not going to happen. So I I think that Steichen, this is not even his decision. It was never his decision. And that Ursay determined this long time ago, and this was always the plan. I mean, they elevated Richardson to QB1 during training camp. I mean, during OTAs, basically, they were ready to do this. And Ursay said he drew up this play, and he told us all that this is what was going to happen, that he has to play. Now, I think a lot of this is just Ursay and his exhaustion with trying to find a solution 
to the never-ending Andrew Luck void. I mean, we're still talking about, can Luck come back? Will he ever play football again? Do you reach out to him? What's he doing? Where was he spotted? He was in the frozen food section of Piggly Wiggly on Saturday. He looked like he could still play. And because of that, there's a desperation for Ursay to finally fix this. And I think Colts fans as well fix the quarterback position. But I just don't think that's ever the right attitude. I think you have to make sure the young man is right and the situation is right. And it just, it isn't draft QB, add water, mix, and you have a starting quarterback. And I just think that's what's happening here. Clearly, he's got ability. Clearly, we saw some flash plays during his his year last year with the Gators. Clearly, coming out of college and during the pro day and everything, we saw some really wonderful moments, but he's incredibly raw. And when he was drafted, everybody admitted that this is a young man that needs to sit. And I find it funny that today, if you canvassed NFL quote-unquote experts, observers, former players, etc. Mostly you'll get a round of positive reviews for this decision. That if he's if he's going to be good, he better play now. You've got to start right away. Get him experience. That's the only way for him to get better. And I really think that that's just because we as a fandom want to see something new. We want to see young, exciting players. And so even if it's worse for them, we want to see them in there. And so you just start framing your argument that way. Because is it more interesting to have Anthony Richardson as a starting quarterback for the Colts or Gardner Minshew? Of course it's Richardson. We know what Minshew is. That doesn't get anybody excited. And the Colts aren't really contenders. So to make them kind of interesting... Let's see what the kids got. And yet, it's like everybody that's ever talked about football conveniently forgets that the three greatest quarterbacks, arguably, in NFL history, at least two of them and one on the way, all sat their rookie season. All of them. Joe Montana drafted 1979. Sat behind Steve DeBerg. Tom Brady, 2000. Sat behind Drew Bledsoe. And Patrick Mahomes, in 2018, sat behind Alex Smith. All of them for a full season. Now, yes, there are always exceptions to that rule. A guy like Peyton Manning drafted Troy Aikman, drafted day one, bad football team. They're ready to go. But the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, at least a handful of them, certainly benefited from not being thrown in their day one. It is impossible to argue. That's a pretty good sample size. Montana, Brady, Mahomes. All of them say they they benefited from watching for a year. Everybody just conveniently forgets. Oh, we got to see the kid. Now, is it a different era today than when Montana doesn't get in or even Brady doesn't get in? Sure. Sure, it's a different it's a, it's a different beast. That Anthony Richardson has taken more snaps at a higher level, more elite 11 camps and NFL caliber offenses in college and 
all of this stuff during OTAs and, and rookie camps that are far more advanced, yes. But I, I just, I find it irresponsible, to be quite frank, when NFL observers just kind of want to see the kids out there, so they go, well, put them in there. When in reality, there's no doubt it's not a hindrance to sit. It's never a hindrance. Some guys, it's a neutral that you play right away. You're able to get over your bumps and bruises and, you know, you're able to make mistakes and you're okay, like Peyton Manning. But even Peyton Manning, if he sat for eight weeks, couldn't have said that was worse for my career. He might have gotten where he got faster, but there's no way your career's ruined by sitting for eight weeks. There are plenty of quarterbacks who are ruined by not sitting early. Play for a bad football team, maybe a bad coaching staff, maybe you don't have a lot of great weapons around you. You make some mistakes, you make a lot of mistakes, the pressure starts getting crushing, you lose confidence, it's going too fast, you never get your footing. That happens. I hope it doesn't happen to Anthony Richardson. I really do. I hope it does not happen. Because I root for all these young guys to succeed. The league is better when all these teams have good quarterbacking. And the league isn't better if Gardner Minshew is in there. It's better if Anthony Richardson works out. But I just, I've never, I said this when Ursay started banging the drum on it. Why? What's the use in rushing him? So that you know by the end of this season that you still have three or four more years on the rookie deal. Do you have to figure it out by the end of year two? Yeah, you'd prefer that. But at the risk of ruining a kid, do you have to know right away? I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that at all. And it's happening in Indianapolis, and I hope he survives. I hope it's okay. But there's certainly a risk here to starting him day one, rookie, totally raw. It's not like this is a polished product. It's not like this is a young man that, you know, came in and everybody said he's like Andrew Luck. You could just throw him in there day one. He's going to be fine. That's not the way Anthony Richardson was viewed when he was drafted. And yet suddenly everyone's just going to ignore that. I don't like it. Here's your phone number, 855-212-4CBS or on Twitter, DA on CBS. You know, yesterday was Trash Tuesday. And so... We got to a lot of trashes, but not all of them because our four was so stacked. We had Tony Castricone, who's the voice of the Huskies, who joined us for Sounds of Saturday. We also talked about the Michael Orr situation because I had Michael in studio last week when I filled in for Rome, so we did a lot on that. We get to that final segment. Caserta has done to a new, so we were jammed. So I didn't get to a bunch of stuff that I wanted to get to in that hour number four, one of which was Art Art Bobart. Yesterday, we had a story about how Derek Jeter may have ruined art in Miami because Jeffrey Lurie, a former Marlins owner, said when when Jeter took over, he took down that giant seafood tower in center field. He put it out in the plaza, and now it's just going to rot to hell. And the story was, does Derek Jeter hate art? Which I thought was the funniest or one of the, the funnier ways to frame that topic, that Derek Jeter just looks at Art and blah, get it out of here, off with its head. So that was the tagline, does Derek Jeter hate Art, on that topic yesterday for the for the simulcast. And then the headline was Art, Art, Bobart. 
Now, Art Art Bobard has been a listener to the show for a long time, and we all get a kick out of that name. In fact, I think out of all of the names, we've oftentimes said if we ever had a nickname of the listener, D-Alien Twitter handle draft, Art Art Bobart might be the number one pick, at least by Pete the Body. But yes, uh, there was another guy named Larry Appleton, which was good too. Oh yeah, that was a great one. <laughs> and there's always, I mean, these really creative Twitter handles based on things we talk about on the show. So Art Art Bobart had a couple of listeners saying, hey, did you see that they they gave you this, this run during the show? And he, he was going to trash me for stealing his name and using it without copyright. And I just wanted to clarify, because this became kind of a thing on social media yesterday. I want you to know that I did it out of an honoring of Art Art Bobart. I, do, I wanted it to be a tip of the cap to one of the great nicknames on the show. And even though there were people that watched the simulcast yesterday and said, I don't understand this headline at all. <laughs> Why does a Derek Jeter Florida Marlins story have Art Art Bobart as the the headline? It was in honor of the great D aliens and the creativity behind many of their Twitter handles. I don't know why Art would be offended. I couldn't tell if it was real offended or it was for the show offended, but I just wanted to clarify that it was it was a hat tip to Art. Yes, definitely. I I, I was really I was happy to see it. To be honest, it gave me a smile. Yeah. to see that headline. <laughs> that was the point. Yeah. When we come back here on the show, Angel Hernandez has been ruining baseball fans' lives for a long time, and players and managers. Will we finally get rid of him? That's next. Da CB. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes, Sports Radio. Never be that guy of, oh, you know, I could have made it pro. Unless you made it pro, you didn't make it pro. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Dog. Welcome back. 22 minutes past the hour. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Wednesday. You can always listen to the show in podcast form. The best of the show or the full four hours available everywhere that you get your podcast. Simply search the DA show on your favorite podcast platform. Download and enjoy. Angel Hernandez 
has been a problem for a long time behind the plate in Major League Baseball. There is no umpire who is as criticized, as frowned upon, as picked apart, scrutinized on social media for all of his awful calls. And it's become kind of a joke that every time Angel Hernandez works a game, you thoroughly expect him to call a strike zone completely at his own whim and that has no continuity to any other strike zone. And you just kind of know that the game is going to get out of control. He's going to have an ego. He's going to insert himself. You just know it. It's it's kind of it's kind of cartoonish at this point. It's like, uh-oh, here's the Angel Hernandez stuff. Now, I have continually wondered why in the hell does Major League Baseball keep employing Angel Hernandez? I mean, by every metric, he's the worst up. Every study, every metric, every everything, we all can see he's the worst ump, and yet he continually gets good gigs. Well, Angel Hernandez filed a discrimination lawsuit against Major League Baseball, and it was originally shot down. He then appealed, and that has also been rejected by the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Manhattan, 3-0 decision on the bench and puts the lawsuit from Angel Hernandez likely to bed. He originally filed it in 2017. At that point in time, the Cuban-born Hernandez filed a lawsuit alleging racial discrimination. Among the complaints in the original filing, Hernandez's lack of having been promoted to a crew chief for a World Series assignment since 2005. Now, I don't think this one is a hard one to read, baseball's given him really good games, but maybe not a World Series. But he's, I mean, objectively terrible. I I don't even think the biggest Angel Hernandez fan could argue that he's been objectively terrible when he has worked. And he, again, injects himself into the middle of games. That his persona, his ego, his whatever, keeps kind of getting in the way. And... Like, my hope here is that baseball felt like it had to keep giving him good gigs in the middle of this lawsuit so that it didn't fuel the lawsuit. And that now, once it's really kind of dead, six years later, he filed it in 2017, and now it's gone through multiple appeals, that finally now that it seems to be dead, baseball could just get rid of him. I mean, look... It's a it's a real shame. Angel Hernandez is again objectively terrible. I'm sure there are Latin, Cuban-born, or umps of color that are far superior under him in the minors or somewhere else that can take the job, a job. I, I don't I don't think there's any way Angel Hernandez is even plausibly the best Latin or the best Cuban-born umpire out there. There's just no way. So can we just get all of the people better than him to rise above him, get him out of here, get him out, so we can be done with the Angel Hernandez problem? I mean, you guys are baseball fans. Carlos, I mean, he's a disaster. This story is insulting to me, DA, because it's there's one of two things with Hernandez. Either he has no shame 
or he doesn't know. And if he doesn't have any shame, I have no sympathy for him. But if he doesn't know, you don't know what discrimination is, dude. Discrimination is not getting the apartment because your name doesn't match your credit score. All right? Discrimination is not being able to use your name at a job. I had to go by Charlie for three years. So you want to claim racial discrimination? You're a, cho- you're a joke. You're a clown. I'll say it in Spanish. Tu eres un payaso. You're making the rest of us look bad. You're disgraced. You should be embarrassed and resign if your ass is not fired by the end of the day. He's probably going to finish out the season, and then I have to wonder what Major League Baseball does at the end of the year. But, I mean, you'd hope that they can just move on and Hernandez goes to, like, some independent league or something. Like yeah. That. I, I, this one this one boggles my mind because I, I believe he, he just buys into his own BS because he's done it for so long. You could go back, you could go back to 1998. And I, I will, I will guarantee that there's at least one call he's made every year since '98 that have been and have had an impact on standings. And it starts off in '98, at least from my standpoint, because the first big call he blew was in '98. Mets are making a run in the playoffs, uh, making a run to the playoffs. They're playing the Braves. It's a Sunday, and he has to get out of town. And he makes a bad call at the plate. Braves win. Mets don't make the playoffs that year. And and, and we, we find out he had to catch a flight. <laughs> I mean, the guy had to catch a flight. Right, right. So, so I will guarantee from 98 on he's made a call that has screwed up standings at least once in each season. Seems... Seems it's ridiculous. Highly right? likely that yeah, every year he affects who makes the playoffs. Who does three overturned calls at first base <laughs> in the Yankees versus Reds? Three. <laughs> you're three? one job. Are you? Did you make it? No, you're out. Yes, you're safe. You screwed up three times at first base. Get him out of here. Yeah. Not only is he ineffective in terms of his eyesight or judgment, but the the leader of the MLB officiating staff said that he has an overly confrontational style of umpire. And that's the other part. Not only is he just seemingly ineffective, but he also creates friction with everything because people argue, well, what'd you see there when he blows all these calls and he starts by throwing people out or getting into arguments. Mm-hmm. And so everybody fears getting Angel Hernandez on their game. Everybody's like, oh, God, not Angel Hernandez today. He, he runs to the fights. Whenever there's an issue, you see him walking toward the issue instead of walking away from the issue or trying to settle the issue. It's he's always he always gets involved and and may, and pours gasoline on the fire. He incites. He constantly incites. Mm-hmm. And so now that the lawsuit's dismissed, hopefully baseball can get rid of him. I don't know. You keep wondering why he keeps getting decent jobs. Get him out. And you just wonder if it's because baseball wanted to avoid more fuel onto the lawsuit. Chris Get him La- out. Chris Lopresti is in for headlines today. I mean, CeeLo, might this be the end, finally, of Angel Hernandez? Oh, let's hope for all of our sakes that it is. My favorite <laughs> part, though, of what you said was even the biggest Angel Hernandez fan... <laughs> If there is one. Right, exactly. I get it. Figure of speech. Point being, like, even the non-objective person would have to admit that he struggles out there. And I'm not knocking Carlos at all. Maybe either he doesn't know or he doesn't get He gets it. He knows. There's no way he can't know He knows he's bad, you think? That that he's bad and that he's a thing. He's a thing. He knows he's a thing. Yeah, as Pete said, he feeds into his own BS. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. Yeah, he feeds off it. He thinks it's, it's, he he probably thinks it's funny. He probably thinks some of it is funny, and like, and like we're the fools because he's so terrible. 
unless he also thinks he's bulletproof because he's gone through this lawsuit, he knows that they can't touch him during the lawsuit. I guess. And six years later. Still, though, man, have some self-pride, right? Right? Like, how can you not just want to do a good job? Yeah, or if you do a a bad job, not be confrontational about it and be like, no, I was right. You're wrong. I know what I'm talking about. I'm great. You suck. Big ego. Collect the check. Hide behind the union. That's what he does. Catch a flight. Yep. Catch, Catch a, a flight. flight. There you go. <laughs> Screw up the Mets playoff chances in 98. Carlos with a K, you had to go by Charlie for three Dude, years? I had, to, I had to take a job, and I got it because, you know, I can speak, and I can because it was sales. But in order for me to work with certain parts of the country, my employers told me to change my name Ooh, to Charlie. Boy. I worked as Charlie for three years. Do I look like a damn Charlie? No. So <laughs> he doesn't know what real discrimination is. Mm-hmm. I grew up watching my mom get spit in the face for speaking Spanish. This guy was making everyone look bad. I, I can't, I've been hating him for years, and not because of this lawsuit, just because he's terrible at his job. Have some accountability. Take pride in your craft. Man, if, if I'm out there cutting tape and I mislabel it and I put Oklahoma football and it's freaking Hawaiian baseball, I should get chewed out. <laughs> I shouldn't get rewarded. He's trying to fall off. He's Are we cutting a lot of Hawaiian baseball yeah. 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 No, That's what I was wondering. <laughs> well, who knows? That's how bad Angel Hernandez is. That's the analogy. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what are we doing here? Get him out of here. Were you Charlie Ortiz or you just didn't use your last name? No, I went by Charlie O. And oh. it was so silly. It, on my email signature, it did have my last name. So I'm like, why are you changing the first? <laughs> yeah. Which is you can just stay as with Carlos. As my second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the employer telling him, eh, I'm going to go by Charlie in these parts. <laughs> Charlie. He's like, you play well in Nebraska as Charlie. Uh, hey, when I took my job in Kansas City, they said Amen Delar is too ethnic. He can't use that. I said, what am I going to do? They said, can you use your initials? I said, all right. Okay. And thus, and the, thus DA the DA show. show. If only Francesa knew that part. <laughs> did you have, did you now, did you have a plan if they told you to get a shorter uh, stage last name? When I was in college, my program director, who was an adult, said, have you thought about changing your last name? I said, I haven't really. And he said, maybe Damon Dolara. And I was like, <laughs> I don't really like Damon <laughs> Dolara. Double D? And when I first got the job in Kansas City, they started doing imaging, practice imaging. And my producer at the time, I had never met him before, called me. He's like, hey, just so you know, they're they're doing practice imaging, and it's not your name. I said, what are they doing? He said, Damon Amon. Oh, I was like, oh, that's right. no. That's, right. that's really bad. <laughs> that's worse. Yeah. It reminds me of um, Married with Children, where the neighbor was Marcy Darcy. Marcy Darcy. <laughs> and she didn't realize it until after she married him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not being Damon Amon. So right. we had the meeting. I said, hey, I don't really want to go by Damon Amon. No. And he said, well, how about the initials? I said, okay, I can live with that. Eamon <laughs> Eamon Damon is better than Damon Eamon. Damon. Like wedding watch, singer. Watch Your Damon name. take Eamon at the coach's battle. Eamon <laughs> oh, oh. Damon. Your name's going to be Julia Gulia. <laughs> Julia. <laughs> Julia Gulia. I love your distinction, by the way. When I was in college, my program director, he was an adult. Yeah, because <laughs> when you're a student at student radio, I I, when I, I tell it. the story, I'm always yeah. wondering if they think a, a kid told me I had to right, change right. my name. Which would be the re- program director. That would be really demoralizing. Yeah, my sophomore program director. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the 16-year-old told me I had to change my name. He's buying his books during morning drive. <laughs> oh, God. CeeLo is in for headlines. All right, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So okay. it took just 
one quarter of preseason action for rookie Anthony Richardson to get the nod from first-year Colts head coach Shane Steichen. Richardson will be his week one starting QB. Steichen asked why make that call at this juncture. Uh, like I said, I think we need more reps. You know, keep getting the more reps, get, get, keep creating that chemistry with the ones. Uh, the more reps he gets, the more he sees, the more looks he sees, you know, he's going to be better for it. Now the fourth also, overall my pick, owner told me I had to do this. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the more likely scenario. At least he didn't have to change his name. <laughs> that's a good point. Fourth overall pick said he was shocked to get the news, didn't see it coming. He had been in competition with the veteran Gardner Minshew, who followed Steich into Indianapolis after being together with the Eagles. Meantime, just over 10 months after suffering the knee injury that ended his 2022 season, Broncos running back Javante Williams set to take a significant step in his recovery. He will play in Denver's preseason game this Saturday night against the 49ers. To baseball now with the New York Yankees have fallen back to 500 for the first time since May 1st. They were one hit and shut out by the Braves last night. 5 nothing. so last place in the AL East, fading in the wild card race, and 12-22 mm-hmm. and 22 since the 4th of July. Aaron Judge, though, I guess not all that surprised. Not at a loss. You know, we're not showing up. You know, that's what it comes down to. We're not showing up, you know, when we need to, you know, especially down the stretch right now. And, you know, we got every opportunity to, you know, keep ourselves in the race. You know, we're, uh, you know, not capitalizing when we need to. So, that's all I got on that. It's the Aaron Judge. Garbage team right now. Yeah. Latest in the Garbage. season, they've been at 500 since 1995, and they'll be flirting with their first sub-500 season since 1992, which is hard to fathom. They're Over so 30 toast. Years. So toast. Yes. Elsewhere, the Dodgers made it nine in a row. They beat the Brewers 6-2 to two in a matchup of division leaders. The Giants blanked the Rays 7 nothing. Corey Seager homered twice and drove in five, sending the Rangers past the Angels 7-3. to three. And in San Diego, the Padres cooled off the first-place Orioles. And that's it in the air to right field. Santander's going back. He's at the wall. This one going to go. First grand slam of the season for the Padres comes on August 15th. It comes off the bat of Gary Sanchez. Padres radio on the call. Sanchez, 16 homers now in 57 games since joining San Diego. They dumped the O's by a final score of 10-3. to Six matches, nine goals, one finals appearance. Lionel Messi continued to amaze stateside last night, scoring an Inter-Miami's 4-1 win over the Philadelphia Union, putting his squad into the League's Cup final. Meantime, the New York Liberty beat the defending champion Las Vegas Aces 82-63, capturing the WNBA's in-season title, the commission. Cup trophy. And just to circle back to football, sort of at the end here, you mentioned uh, you had Michael Orr, did you say last week it was? Yeah. So the whole situation, his uh, his allegations against the, the family that took him in, well, they since, since responded yesterday uh, and they say that he threatened to go public with his story if they didn't pay him $15 million. This, of course, came through uh, the family attorney who put out a statement calling Orr's claims outlandish. And the idea that the family ever sought to profit off Mr. Orr is not only offensive, it is transparently ridiculous. In reality, they opened their home to him, offered him structure, support, and most of all, unconditional love. They have consistently treated him like a son and one of their three children. His response was to threaten them, including saying he would plant a negative story about them in the press unless they paid him $15 million bucks. So I sense we haven't heard the end of this situation. So is it possible that there's an uncomfortable truth on both sides where they definitely did bring him in. They definitely did provide him stability in a home. They definitely did help him, but they also signed paperwork that didn't completely allow him to control his finances and that he also has 
maybe tried to blackmail them right. or manipulate them into more money or something like that. It 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 doesn't feel like either side right now is completely clean of of some type of of I don't know. And, and it also blew my mind that between Orr and the family, like that movie grossed three hundred million bucks, and the story I read made it seem like collectively they made like less than a hundred grand off of it. Like yeah, that be, it didn't wild. seem like. But did they make more money off the book or the? Yeah, so well, how it's that. supposed to be structured? They were supposedly given two hundred and twenty-five thousand each, and then they got two point five percent of the uh, royalties off the movie. Okay, but so the, there but was or did money. not right. make two hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. Correct. So you're correct. Or reportedly, it was the two natural birth children, the parents. So they split. Like I guess a million between the four of them, mm. yes, and then they got the two point five, and then the contention is that Or didn't so, get a dime from it, right? So that's where he's he's annoyed. He got cut out of that part. He got cut out of that part, and then it is possible that they have stonewalled that to this point in time, and then then he's now tried to drop a bomb and and tried yeah. to blackmail them, and that's obviously not a great look either. It feels to me that neither side is a is is an angel. Something's in this missing situation. here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you, CeeLo. Yep. When we come back here on the show, we've got a champ and we've got a chump, a Wednesday staple. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Only one letter separates them, but they're galaxies apart. One is a true winner. One is a pathetic loser. This is DA's champ or chump. All right, welcome back, everybody. DA with you here on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. You can always listen to us on hundreds of affiliates nationwide and also on the ever-expanding CBS Sports Radio network on the CBS Sports app or the Odyssey app as well. Well, the deadly wildfires that have ripped through Hawaii have been a really sad story, but there is one college football player that is donating his NIL money to the cause. Lokahi Paul is actually donating his NIL money to victims of those wildfires. And he's a young man that keeps Hawaii close to his heart. He's from the area. He understands what they're going through. And there's a lot of college kids out there that, you know, might only think about themselves or might only be in their own little worlds or... It might be ways away from that. Lokai is actually playing at UCF, so he's on the opposite end of of the country. He's in Florida, and yet he's looking at those devastated by this and, and donating his NIL to it. So I thought that was a strong move, a lot of maturity, a lot of perspective. He's a great young man. He's a tremendous offensive line prospect. UCF is going into the Big 12 this year. He comes back for another season, and I think they're excited about having him, but not only on the football field, but clearly off of the football field as well. A big-time move and a selfless move, so nice job by him, and he is the champ this morning. That's DA's champ. Your chump is chumps multiple, and that is both Daryl Morey and James Harden. They belong with one another. When you have James Harden going across seas to call out Daryl Morey as a liar and saying it twice for effect, James Harden gets whatever he deserves or deserves whatever he gets because he's a guy that shoots his way out of town everywhere that he's ever been. Whether it's Houston, Brooklyn, now Philadelphia, never happy, always somebody else's fault, always 
he deserves better, he was lied to, he needs a different situation, he can't win this way, he can't live this way. You know, all of the drama that surrounds James Harden, especially now in his career where he's never in shape or he's never consistently productive or he's never great in big spots or the playoffs. It's somewhat ridiculous for that type of guy to be complaining about his situation. He doesn't seem to be bettering the other situations he's been in. But then also Daryl Morey, he knew what he was getting when he went in and got James Harden from Brooklyn. This is a a reuniting after they worked together in Houston. And what do you expect? This is who James Harden is. So Maury can't sit there and play a victim either because, I mean, the guy has to know exactly what he's getting. So both of those dudes belong with one another. Both of those dudes can have the drama together, and both of those dudes can figure this out themselves. They are the chumps this morning. That's DA's chump. Class is now dismissed. Okay, Mark is in Arizona this morning here on the phones. Mark, good morning. Thank you for that one soundbite. What's that? You forgot one soundbite. Oh, okay. You mean in soundcheck? No, soundbite for for Mr. Hernandez. Oh, okay. What do you got? Uh, Vince McMahon saying you're fired. Got it. Well, he's not fired yet. He he only had the, the appeal to his lawsuit turned down. But maybe if he's done to the end of the season, we'll have to play that. Well, wouldn't that be classic for him, though? Wouldn't that be what? Classic. Classic. Right from yeah, classic. Yep. Yeah, hopefully we're done with Angel Hernandez here soon. What else is on your mind, Mark? Well, the Cardinals, actually. Um, I did a little research, and it would seem that our Cardinals, despite all the rumblings in the front office and stuff, might be pretty good this year. What do you think? Well, when's Kyler Murray going to come back? They're, they're estimating weeks. Okay, so what do you think the Cardinals are in the first half of the season without Kyler? Um, I want to say at least five and five and two, <laughs> five, maybe five, five and two and five or five and three without Kyler Murray. You think they could be five and two? Yeah, I do because the reason um, it's already known. It's okay. Um, the reason being. Uh huh. The, re- the reason I say that is we've got some new people that they they brought on that seem quite promising. They got rid of um, Mr. Hopkins, mm-hmm. and you know, and Larry Fitzgerald's back. Larry Fitzgerald, how old is Larry Fitzgerald? Wake up! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a Larry minute. Fitzgerald might be old, but he's got. He's got a lot left in him because he took, if you remember, he has had at least four years or so of downtime. So uh-huh. he's been resting. Uh-huh. So you don't take that into account? I mean, it's possible. Anything is possible when it comes to. He's almost 40. He's almost 40. Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay. What about, what about when we were in the Super Bowl with the Steelers? One play, one play messed us up on that interception. Mark, that that Super Bowl was 2008. That is a long time. That's 15 years ago. The reason why I mentioned that (laughs) and what we're going through right now, because 
you got to look at it this way. All, it this also, way. I don't think Larry Fitzgerald is coming back. I think he's retired. Larry, Larry signed the deal. He's going to play this year? He is going to play this year. Oh, okay. All right. How much? He's going to be, well, I, I don't know the total amount, but he's going to be, from what I understand, the highest paid player ever. Okay. You don't believe me? Check it. Well, look, Fitzgerald is one of the great wide receivers of all time and a, and a future Hall of Famer. I, I don't think, even if he plays this year, a 39-year-old Larry Fitzgerald with Colt McCoy for the first eight games is going to go 5-2. and two. If they go 5-2, and two, I, want, I want to put this to you. Yeah, I want to be able to meet you and get your autograph. Oh, well, you, you can do that. We can set that up even without the Cardinals going on a Cinderella run. It's just you got to make it to New York somehow. No, see, that's the thing. I'm a senior, but I would love to experience that at least one time before I'm 64. Ha- now, and, have you always you know, lived? Have you always lived in Arizona? Um, since 1988. Oh, so you've been there a long time, basically as long as the Cardinals have been there. They were there since, what, 1980? Yeah, right around uh, there. I, I think the Cardinals actually moved to Arizona after the 87 season. I think that's when they actually moved, right around when you were there. But but did you know that actually the best Cardinal team was when Jake Plummer was their quarterback? Yeah, yeah. The 96 team, I think it was? Mm-hmm. In yep. 98, maybe? Maybe 98. Right in that era. And, and the only reason I say that is because they had a lot of similarities like Ben Roethlisberger did with the Steelers in 2008 when he won the Super Bowl. This year, this year's Cardinals team, you mean? No, not this year's Cardinals. The 2008 Cardinals are similar to what Ben Roethlisberger, um, what I'm trying yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you, Mark. Well, thank you very much for calling, and I appreciate your, your patronage to the show. I appreciate the call. <laughs> what was that? Colt McCoy's going to go 5-2? and two? How long were you going to drag that? Colt McCoy, 5-2. and two. Guy hasn't won five games in a single season. If you could only have seen both Pete the Body and Carlos with a K flipping out on the other side of the glass as I took Mark in Arizona's Oh, call. wake up. Wake up. If you're going to call this show, have a point and wake up. Thank you. <laughs> well, his point was the Cardinals are going to be really good this year. He was uh, half asleep. He probably didn't know what he just said. A top five offense without their number one quarterback for half the season. Makes sense, Mark. Can somebody check? Is Larry Fitzgerald playing this year? I thought he was retired. He's doing Westwood one. <laughs> I mean, seriously. You're still doing that Brady podcast with Jim Gray? When we come back here on the show, can the Big 12 and Pac-12 be friends again? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Wake up! Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 